Welcome to Standout Podcast with Natalia Brzezinski. I'm Natalia, live in New York City, visiting the gleaming offices of Harper's Bazaar magazine. I'm finally getting to live my teenage dreams of being a high-powered fashionista, editing glossy pages filled with angular Louis Vuitton models, embarking orders at lowly interns to bring me my perfect soya, no-calorie latte. Lucky for me, Harper's Bazaar's Laura Brown is no devil-wearing Prada. She's New York's affable fashion sweetheart, the one poking fun at her perfect jumpsuit front row at Chanel and giving her non-existent free time to empower women as she does in several venues from her YouTube interviews to engaging in women's forums such as my sister-in-law Mika Brzezinski's Know Your Value Women Entrepreneurship event. She's one of the coolest women I know because she truly is so self-aware. She often advises me the secret to success is owning your shit, Natalia, and being yourself. Stay tuned for a hilarious episode with Laura Brown where we talk sex, fashion, politics, and that pesky thing called love. But you said, mm. I love this, Hello. or high-low, high-low. Me just generally. How are you high-low? Mm. High-low fashion, um, high-low mood. Um, my high-low mood is on or asleep. <laughs> That's all I have. I have two settings. Because I'm a Gemini. No, I'm like, you know I'm in the room when I'm there, and then I get really tired, and I burn out, and I just fall down, and I go goodbye. Um, high-low fashion. Oh, that's easy. It's like a really nice, like, handbag or something with a really cheap T-shirt. Um, that's the sort of my life. Like, I'm wearing, actually, I have expensive shoes on, but I've got, like, a sweatshirt on today, which is a cheap sweatshirt. It's very jaunty. Um, jaunty. <laughs> But no, it was like a nice bag, like a Ralph Lauren bag or something with, with you know, a sweatshirt. So you've got to do high-low. Oh, high-low, I get, yes. You've got to do but it. Otherwise, can... if you're just high all the time, firstly, you get nothing done. But who buys that you're really low? Lots of I mean, people. I'm a farmer's okay, daughter. You're... I couldn't be more common. I am low. I eat a lot of cheese products. <laughs> I just did a thing with the... With the... <laughs> Uh, New York Magazine. I did the Grub Street diet, and I just ate all the cheese. And I read it back, and I, I and then I went to the U.S. Open uh, with Kim Kardashian and a bunch of people because we're all friends with Serena Williams. And somebody got Kim two pizzas, and I just ate the pizza she didn't want. And I don't care. I'm not above it. So I am really low. I'm super low. I I, I ate buffalo cheese spread. Just found that last week. Are you Love serious? That. Yes, because I do. People I eat a lot of cheese products. <laughs> I enjoy cheese and spaghetti a lot. No, so you're telling me that you don't, you don't care about what you look like. I mean, this no, I could no, I, 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 I would kill myself. No, I can enjoy cheese and and try to look socially acceptable. You can have both. You can have cheese. Do you have an and uncommonly skills, high self-esteem? And no, because I have a reason. I have a good self-esteem. How do you stay above it? I don't because think I'm a supermodel. Seriously, apart speaking, from maybe I mean, like this is tough. Some days, no. Um, th- no, it's you know you what. Here's what tough. I think. No, I, I don't. I don't know. Okay, this is a good question. I, I think when I was young, I think what really helped me was seeing unretouched, in retouched pictures of models. Hmm. Um, back in the day when everything was, you know, was sort of these like halcyon people that lived on shiny, sexy mountains, and they were different from me. I think I saw an unretouched picture, and I think actually in a weird way, the more you work in the industry, it's like a chef that doesn't want to eat his own food. You know, the more that you work in fashion, the more you get a sense of sort of the greatness of it, but also the banality of it and the and the hype of it that doesn't necessarily need to be there combined with the hype that does. 
You know what I mean? So I think that the more you... And I've been in this for like 20 years. Mm. I'm still so young, though. It's weird. Since I was eight. I was eight years old. <laughs> um, I, no, I've been doing it a long time, but I, I've always sort of had its measure. I think I've, I've been particularly genetically disposed to maybe like... I always say this industry is a duck on the pond. Mm. Like sort of cruising. I've always been able to see the legs. Always. I've always been able to see the legs of an actress and wear on the red carpet. I've always been able to, you know, where the effort is. How do you, how? I don't know. Is it something I don't know. Upbringing Maybe or? I have some weird sense of ego well, or something, amazing. but I don't, I don't have a really big ego, I really. I have, I have a confidence, I think, but I've always just sort of been like, I guess I've always, what do I always say? I'm respectful to people, but I'm not reverent. And I think that, I don't know why or how, I'm an only child. Maybe I just Me had to too. like stick my little elbows hey. out. I'm egomaniac. I'm a crazy ego. All my family says that. I'm a selfish as they get. I beat everyone. I love it. I knew you were an only child. I am. I said, I bet she's an only child. I'm like, everybody, please like me. Um, No, but I think I just had to sort of get on in the world. Yeah. As you understand, in a way. And by doing that, then I think you just sort of get people's measure faster or something when you've got to sort of get out there from when you're like a teenager. Absolutely. I a waitress since I was like 14. I've been like playing in the sandpit with the, with the grown-ups for a while and I don't know. And I just, I, I do think also like being from Australia, it sounds, I don't, I, I don't want to go into cliches of Australians or so this and that, but I am from somewhere else and, and I think it does take a certain remove from yeah. this that I just will always have kind of genetically. But then I get people being like, now, like, you're so hilarious. And I'm like, like, I'm a traveling you're clown. You're a cartoon, yes. It's because like, I have a sense of humor. But in fashion, somebody introduced me the other day. It was so funny at this party. I said, Laura, she's the funniest funniest person in fashion. And I was like, well, it's a low bar. <laughs> like, it's really low bar. Did you actually say that? Of course I did. <laughs> like, it's not like, yeah, we're not known for, it's not like a bunch of Larry Davids walking around. Um, so, yeah, so I think that that... And I think as you get older, the more... But then you stand out. You stand... Yeah, the more yourself... I know, and now the more yourself, the more yourself you get as you get older, I think. And the more of you earning your own... I've never not been myself, but I'm sort of more pronouncedly mm. myself now because I've sort of earned my professional stripes and I can get the right people on the phone and I've done good work and all of that. So now it's like, okay, I have a license to occasionally be a bit of a goose. Was there a moment <laughs> or a period... Some executive... Yeah, can you tell? You have all these my things on the wall from my executive game. Not of Thrones everyone dolls. gets cool rings, literally, uh, or yeah, these I'm strange the heads. Living here. the dream. Mm-hmm. No, but tell me a little bit about your background and you know, being the only child. I only ask questions I'm interested in for myself, so I can talk no. about myself as we know. Back to me. Um, back to me. Show. No, no, my back husband says that. <laughs> Forget stand out. It's about me standing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to call my memo on that. Back to me. <gasps> He's going to love this one. He says, back to me. Quite self- no, but anyway. Yes. I think child? there's something about, though, being an only child. I've interviewed a lot of people, and um, there's a, a bit of a connection between, I think, Kind of either the tougher bootstrapping upbringing. Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents were immigrants. My mom grew up on a farm. They kicked my ass. I mean, I had to be the best because right. they moved to America for me. Right. So yeah. I better deliver. You better get your. And being feet an together. only child, I never yeah. was compared to a boy. For example, like right. the boys get the logs. You help mom. You know, I was <laughs> always told to, to you know do I it all. I carried so many logs. I know you did, and no cows and made fires or whatever lumberjacks do. And yes, Australia, I did all of those but, things. Um, back to my philosophical questions. 
are you using humor um, as some kind of barrier yeah. No, I, okay, here's what, I grew up in Australia, as we know. My parents, um, my dad was a farmer. Um, they got divorced when I was five. Mm. Um, my mum and I moved to the city. Uh, I have to turn the nail diamond ring off because sometimes it gets a bit flashy and gives me like an epileptic fit. Um, my eyes twitching. <laughs> Uh, they got divorced. We moved to Sydney. We had no money. No money. No money. Yeah. We ran out, I think, after about a year. Just had no money. I had like I was in private school for a minute um, and then ran out of money. So I went to public school. I started work and then we ended up living in like government housing mm-hmm. um, where my mum still lives in, in, in Australia, in Sydney. So I started working from when. But mostly because I really had delusions of grandeur from a young age. I really did. Um, it was uh, working in what we would call the lolly shop, like a like a canteen sort of thing on a beach. Uh, in a beach in Manly, my uncle owned a restaurant and there was a place, like a shop next door where you would get sandwiches and candy and ice creams and whatever. Um, a candy store, mm. I guess. Um, so I worked in the Lolly shop is much I worked in the lolly shop. I prefer I would, that. I know, and I would make sandwiches. and um, So that was um, my first job. And then I started waitressing in the restaurant next door when I got really mature, like under 15. Um, and uh, But I had always, always, always loved fashion. And I, I, I couldn't... I remember my first memory, I, I said, was like when I was, I think I was nine years old and I was remember like draping some like bath mm-hmm. towel into some look. And like, oh, I can do a look, you know, and, and seeing all these fashion images and being like, it was like, it was, it was the glamour of it really. I think it was, it was fashion plus it was also Hollywood. An escape and, or... Probably. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I just really loved it. And I remember very clearly watching, because um, we didn't have the internet then, as you know in 1878 and um, I remember watching one day on the TV there was this big fashion event there was a fashion show for Woolmark at the Opera House Sydney Opera House landmark should be wonder of the world um, I like to drop into my own native tongue sometimes and um, and it was a big Woolmark show and it was like Missoni, Claude Montana and Carl Carl Lagerfeld for Chanel and I remember thinking that was the most glamorous thing I'd ever seen this is Wow. I still remember sitting on the couch at this crappy tiny little TV or whatever it was and just going like, and now, like, I just did a movie with Carl. That's what's just so funny about it. And Which you go, awesome. yeah. you know, uh, so I just always sort of steered myself towards it and I made the money so I could spend the money on the stupid fashion stuff that, you know, my mum couldn't afford and I wouldn't be able to afford otherwise. But I was just really dead set on it. Ever And I did it English in school and then I studied journalism in college and started interning uh, in college and I actually took a job early, graduated college early, like by correspondence, so I could start working because so I was just revving to go. Yeah, so that was sort of my, my formative years. I've still got the old bazaars and vogues, I think, in my mum's apartment somewhere. Like all those, like, Peter Lindbergh, Christy, Linders, you know, I just was like, <sighs> still am. Know those, know those bloody women. I'm still like, that was really great. I think mm. there's something when you're... You know, back to me. Mm-hmm. I think there's something. No, back to me. Back to me. And back then they started me. fighting. Yeah, forget you. You know. And then they started <laughs> jostling. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're alone, I mean, I had this. I remember yeah. accepting Grammy speeches to the mirror. You know, okay, amazing. Maybe not Grammy. Yeah. No Oscars. I'm oh, not oh yeah, come on, Oscars. just slum around. I've had a long day. Don't slam, slum around with up, Grammys. Up, up, up. Yes. Come on, Oscars are nothing. But you're alone. But you, you do your little thing. And, and you do, if, yeah. especially when your parents are struggling. I mean, there's all this kind of crap now and. You know, I'm a mother, so I shouldn't say these things, but about, you know, all the things you have to do with your child and yeah. be present and 
My parents left me home alone at five. Oh, totally. I, thought I, I was always home alone. I had a key around my neck. No yeah. one helped me with my homework. You know, no one did a damn thing for me. I go home at like Not three that or I four and eat so like great, five Kit But I think in a way it's... <laughs> sit there. Kit Kats. I have I some five Kit Kats. There's some in but my purse. you just purse. sit there until you came home and then you'd be like, where's my dinner? Where's my like meat and three veg or whatever I would eat? How does your mom feel now? <laughs> oh. What's... You know, what's the... Like, what story and my mother is just like, you now? Oh, she just goes, can you just, like, let me talk. <laughs> let me talk, Laura. But then sometimes, oh, she'll call me, or I'll see her in Australia, and it's like she's saved up six months of conversation, <laughs> and it's like machine being machine-gunned. <gasps> Not to death. But it's just like, like, she hasn't seen me, so I just go... So I can't get a word in, so it's quite ironic. A good exercise. Um, I know. No, she just goes, oh, that's nice. Oh, you did well. Tell me. Oh, Hillary. Please. You interviewed her. I love I Hillary. I have to tell you my Hillary story. I love her. Very quickly, back to me. <sighs> no. My Hillary story. That, it's like then I'll hear yours, mm. because you, of course, had an in-depth talk. I had a few minutes, but she mm. came to Sweden. Ah. And everyone always, you know, you never know, does she really walk the walk? Is she really... And um, long story short, I mean, I was the wife of, you know, that right. weird, weird role at right. 27 and kind and of in this bride. cold, dark, yeah, child bride. Cold, dark, child tundra. bride in the tundra. Tundra. Not easy. With Mary and meatballs to eat. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Only Mary. <laughs> only meatballs. All I had shit was my balls. Shit, shit. Yes. Um... But anyway, she came, and I'll never forget, you know, at this point it was so traditional, it was like six months, and I wasn't even invited to stand on the stage with her and my husband. She pulled me up there, and the first thing she said was, you are so lucky, U.S. Embassy Stockholm, you have not one but two ambassadors. And people's map, but she empowered me for the next few years. I mean, she knew with a few words, my quick story, she's amazing. And I know you interviewed her. I love that woman. It's funny. I was watching... um, President Clinton. Frick, yeah. I was watching Colbert, the new Colbert, the other night. And he was talking about how... Hillary is too on message, and you know, mm. and and but now that her her aides have said she's going to be more spontaneous, like it was only in a memo, and it's a bummer because she, in her own self, is so awesome, so sanguine about things, so easy with a joke, so easy to laugh, let things. But I think she's gotten over prepped or something, you know, and it's like. Come on, you're in there. You're so in there. And anybody that's met you thinks you're the most awesome lady who ever lived. So why aren't you got to show this? Stop listening to freaking whoever's in your ear. You know, it's, this shouldn't be more more straightforward than it is being. Like the emails, you could have just dealt with it off the bat. Yeah. Screwed up. Sorry. Totally did. How long did it take her to say that? Because people were like, this perception's going to be this. This, this, I buggered it up. Too many chefs in the Done. kitchen. Like, come on. It's just, uh, I just get so bored of people losing who, who need attention, losing it, and then freaking offensive human beings like Donald Trump getting any sort of attention at all. But I, I'm glad you brought this up because I think... You know, that really... And I normally keep it very jolly in my media stuff, but I find this whole no, thing such jolly. a disgrace. Tell something about Trump. You know, disgrace. I can't Talking say anything about jolly about periods. him. <laughs> yeah, he it's, gives it's me cramps. Donald Trump yeah. gives me cramps. Quote of the day. I know. I just really like to go in there. Let's punctuate that. Donald Trump gives me cramps that no medication can help. No Midol. No Midol. Nothing. 
No, Xanax, it's nothing. like he gets my my uterus, the uterus and he is flying, it, like a ringing out a towel, flaming. Yeah, it's like oh, mm-hmm. get out, Donald. Anyway, back to fashion. I agree with you, but mm-hmm. I think the thing is, people and having had this little brief side tangential stint in government. It's suffocating as hell, and you can never say what you really feel. No. And people, Trump, he may be disgusting, but people are dying just for something For honest. somebody just to be like, so I what? no, I, get, I, I get it. this so is like I get the allure in like a showman yeah. way, in like, oh, look at that dancing man. But sometimes you know? it's a woman, I mean, sometimes I think women have a hard time finding their style. Because they're trying to be perfect so much. Because, I know, and I just because I, I think the crazy thing is that Hillary's style is in her. That's the thing. It's not that she doesn't have it. That's what's so. What's so, your advice for her? I'm not going to give Hillary. advice. Speak to the campaign. People I cannot give Hillary advice, Press and I will people. never give Hillary advice because she is a superior human. No, I just I, I just wish that everybody in life, and I think I think very much with her, your natural self is your best self always, and especially with the knowledge that she has. And the, and the voice she has and the influence she has and the smarts she has and the decency she has and the compassion she has. Just be. Do you think women in general in, in high leadership positions and public roles hide their um, authenticity? Are they trying to be... Um, prove something more serious, not, not talk about their personal life, not talk about their weaknesses? Because, you know, I, I think it's gotten better. I think it's gotten better. And I think Meek has been a big part of that. Absolutely. Um, I think that... I don't know. I get. I don't know if I'm necess- the right or the wrong person to speak to because in my industry, I obviously work in, in magazines, so I haven't felt glass ceilings so much. Or, or, but I also came into an industry which is oftentimes populated by wealthy men's daughters or whatever. And I came off a farm in Australia, and I just got got on with it. So I, I sometimes when you hear a lot of women, where was meing? I, I, I have sometimes I have a hard time getting my head around it because I I didn't come from anything and I got here the uh, week before I, September 11th absolutely. and I had five thousand dollars and I knew one person and I, I didn't have a visa like I I, I don't want to you know under understate any any anything else but I do sometimes I go like oh. but I think no, that's if you're focused it. and you get it done I do actually believe and I think you, it's easier now than it was decades ago obviously and the fact that we have time to be able to have conferences to talk about our feelings and thoughts and feelings and emotions you know what I mean that's great so how far we've come with that even so no I think that yeah I think I look the more prominent you are in any sphere of life the more you have to think about what you say like I've done just on a cover with Lena Dunham and it was the bomb but she was like yeah I used to just like spit out every feeling I have and and but when the more of a voice you have or position or a podium or whatever you have to sort of do edit you have to edit yourself but you shouldn't i don't think you should do you edit your second guess yourself um do you feel like well, I, I, edit, I think everybody in life should be an editor i think you should edit i think editing is key to everything in life to your job to your friendships to your family it's like what do you want to keep in your life what do you want to have less of what do you want to have more of what choices do you want to make i think that's really you know that's what we all do it's like oh this friend is sort of bugging me out i don't want to see them so much anymore that's editing you know, so I think that, no, I think my persona is, and look, I'm not that, I'm known within a little, you know, with a chunk of fashion people, really, and some, bless some teenagers that might watch my idiot videos, but, no, I'm conscious of being smart, hopefully, very positive, um, and on my Instagram is my biggest 
so is my biggest communicator for every beautiful fashion image I do I'll do a koala or I'll do some sort of saying or I'm very if there's a picture of me I'm going to make sure there's not too many pictures of me you know so there is a tenor to what I do and to how I and if I do anything politically it's very rare and it's, oftentimes I just like, I don't think anybody really wants to hear from me on it and and yeah so I do I do I, I certainly edit myself but I don't I don't script anything I don't look I do this bunch of video shows I do I don't do anything I have a vague idea of what I'm going to do and I just turn up and do it what? so that's nice because I don't want to suddenly be the person who's like I just had to do this fashion I was in Orlando on the weekend with this hosting this fashion show down there and I had all this script of like stuff and ugh, it just sounded stupid because I was like reading about like belts and you know, so I'm better off when I don't. I'm better off. So I'm obviously conscious that I'm not going to flail around and offend people, but on the same token, I want to have the ability to speak with some degree of free, freed, free, 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 I think the more I never, I have actually a, a, a speech that I've started to do now called Underthinking It. I never, I never overthought anything. Um, but I think the more attention you get, the more you have to pay attention to what, to what you say. Also, like I don't only have myself, I have a brand I represent. So I'm always, you know, which is 150 years old next year. Um, so I have to be very careful with that too. So it's like, sure, I can like run around and, and like Kim Kardashian can contour my face, but I also have to get into the Dior show and do a collaboration or work with Carl or that sort of stuff. So I think that's just maturity. I don't have a lot of it. I don't have a lot of maturity because inside I'm an eight year old boy. Um, um, but I think that, that you, you know, you have to be cognizant of that sort of stuff. But I do think I'm, I'm more free speaking than the majority of the people in this business. Absolutely. How different, and I, for some reason, that's really super unusual. Who knew? How different is mm -hmm. the is the private you any different than the public you? <laughs> and I mean, um, I say this, you know, but no. I know what it's like to always have to be on. I'm usually bubbly and happy yeah. back to me again. And once I, no, I remember you. being like down. Or I had come back in January to Sweden, and I felt like shit, and I was sick. Right. And I went to some event, and people literally, the rumor started going around, I'm having marital problems. I'm oh! She's drinking. She, Swedish From scandal. one day, one day off, you know, yes, I had one day. I'd love a Swedish scandal. People, there were many. You do. Um, do you just no, stay home then? I'm I'm sort of, I stay home. I'm going to get really burnt out. Look, my thing, I sort of, uh, I get tired. And I think that I appreciate people who, and I don't have enough of them well, in a relationship that can sort of pat me on the head and be like, okay, you're right. Like I have somebody else just be like, uh, I totally understand that you, you've just kind of given it your all today and I could just go and I'm just get, I do really enjoy people patting me on the head. I do because it's just, oh, somebody else is taking control of this moment yeah. and it doesn't have to be me every five seconds. So I love a good head pat. <laughs> Into the microphone, she yeah. says, head pat. Um, I think, no, I'm not that much different. I'm pretty straightforward. Um, I, I have become more open to sincerity as I've gotten older too, I think. I think, again, when you have gotten to a certain place in life and work and when you've been had your, had your eye on something, like, ambitiously, New York fashion, whatever it is, and you sort of get wherever that is, you start looking over its yeah, shoulder to real people, you know. No, I mean, I think that... Um, I you know what I've been able to do is... 
I don't know. I, I remember the other day, and this sounds sort of douchey, but just go with me. I was like, oh my, oh my, and it's nothing to do with name dropping, but you'll let us understand. I was texting all these people for stuff I was doing, and I got a text from like Lena, I got a text from like Kim Kardashian, I got a text from like Jessica Alba, I got a text from like some like random person that I'm running something with, and I just was laughing at how great the diversity of people I get to work with or be friends with is. And that is I always think you couldn't do that in Sydney. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a reason why I came here and or or Carl or whatever the hell's in my inbox right now. I you know, I that's what I craved so much because I didn't have it. I didn't have it in Australia. I didn't have those those people there. The diversity of creativity or the all those voices and the randomness of it. And that's why I live here is because at the beginning of the week you don't know how your week's gonna end in New York. You know what I mean? You just don't. And you can do have the most epic I always have the most epic experiences and they're always a Tuesday. <laughs> it's always a Tuesday. I will be like yeah, I did this thing with Carl, and I went to this show, and I did this cl- huge collaboration with an artist or the ballet, or I did something, something, something. And it's like three things together on a Tuesday. I'm going up on a Tuesday. But that is weird. And I just think in Australia, that would be in a year. You know, these, this big Tuesday would just be, would be, you know, something I would. So these, these epic experiences get sort of wedged into your regular week. Uh, which and also, but then you realize that everyone's just regular. No, but you have you know life. they're not. It's not like living the land of Oz anymore. It's like you see you see the legs under the ducks, and everybody's working, and they get their pictures taken more, and they get more free stuff, and they get more applause. But they're all just people. Is there anything Many missing people. in your life? <laughs> more pipe cleaners. Um, uh, a tolerant man. <laughs> Are no, they I out do. there? A dude, a dude. I don't want to have kids, thank Christ. So, so that's a get out of jail free card. I love them. I have a goddaughter staying with me right now, who's seventeen, who's like my call my Clayton's kid. Mm-hmm. Do you know if it was Clayton's? It was this drink that you would. It was an ad in Australia and be like the drink you have when you're not having a drink. <laughs> so it was like the kid I have when I'm not having a kid. You're um, a wordsmith. I'm a Laura. smith. Of you words. are. I'm a word smith and brown. And um, so that is a real relief. So it doesn't mean like you suddenly like you hear the sound it's of your ovaries crying, yeah. and then and then and I've got I feel for those women who are desperate to have a kid, and they're just like in their early forties. Oh, oh, I'm so glad. Um, so no, that that at some point. Have you never wanted one? At my greatest desire to have a kid, I was completely ambivalent. At my greatest, at my Everest. Do you find that women at respond to my Kidimanjaro? To that weirdly, see what I did there? My Kidimanjaro. <laughs> Thank you. Can I get some applause? Thank you. Yes, me applauding myself. I loved it. Thank you, my Kidimanjaro. I'm overheating. I shouldn't have worn a sweatshirt. Um, yeah. So no, I do at some point, but it's, it's not. Honestly, I am really. I have dating in New York seems. I like to import export. Rough. I'm into yeah. the young ones now. Sweets. You young need ones. a tall sweet. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm into the young ones. I'm going, they I'm batting younger. They for you everything. Yeah, tall sweet would be fine. Perfect. No, I've been, yeah, I was cooked for by a Swedish person recently. Not anybody I was dating. But, um, no, but it's okay. They, I have, really have the most fantastic friends. I've got a really cool mm. job. I'm really sort of creatively fulfilled. You and have the I, life that I would and, want. And, and well, you have the dolls that you would want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? So that that in good time. And I think that oh, this is the epiphany I had a few years ago. While she hits Khaleesi on the head with a pipe cleaner. Um, I am, visuals for this I, podcast. I know, We're missing out here. I am lucky that, um, again, I think you make your luck, but I do think I'm lucky in one thing that I can walk into a room 
or it can be the Oscars or it can be a gas station or it could be wherever. And I pretty much get on with everybody in there to a degree. And I can have that room and it's fine. So I think that my challenge is the, is the one-on-one, you know, and having that last. Other people don't have the room at all, but they can be in relationship, relationship, or they can be married for 20 years or 30 years or whatever. So... Why? What's right. in the one-on-one? Well, the relationship. Like, the proper, like, lasting got- relationship that, you know, and so I feel like I've got one bit of it, so at one point the other bit of it will come. But I'm lucky that I have Definitely. You could have neither. You could be locked up in a garret, no room, no mates, no dreams. Again, the, the you know. bane of this podcast is I say things that my husband will hate, but we were just <sighs> talking about the fact as we went up in this majestic elevator is here in majestic? Yes. yes. Sometimes I think I could easily live kind of like in a group of women, in a, in a, you know, yeah, like a cooperative or well, something. We kind of, I kind of do here in a group of women. It's kind of a couple nice, of, a you couple know. Of oppressed men. Poor we live people. longer, so maybe I'll get this dream. Yeah, maybe you will. In my old age. But. Yeah, I'm surrounded by the suckers. We're pretty straightforward here, though. We're not too. There's not like all those. You know, the most passive aggressive office I ever worked with, ever worked in, was a men's magazine. Really. Mm. And how did that come out? Just did. Like in all the ways that they think chicks do it. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Men are the new this women. Is the, yeah, this is the most straightforward place. It's completely batshit sometimes. Um, but it is the most straightforward place I've ever worked. There's no ambiguity ever. No time for like gossip and carry on ever. I'm just like, people are coming in and like whining about too much typing. It's I'm typing. Like off. You never get off. No, we're like, we're like, run like a newspaper. Now we're going to get more serious. More serious? Serious. That was really serious. Serious stuff. That was really serious. Fashion. Okay, hang on. When did my my goddaughter come in? Fashion with responsibility. Oh, yes. You have... But, but I I mean, this is something I actually kind of learned a lot in Sweden. Mm. We talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. the sustainability Mm -hmm. and... I mean, when it comes to a digital footprint, a platform, touching the young generation, nothing connects more than fashion. Nope. And do you feel any or responsibility? Music. Yeah, fashion and music. I think. And I think um, both worlds are kind of experimenting with some kind of, and I don't mean CSR, but really kind of, you put something up on your Instagram and, and 17-year-old girls pay attention, or boys. Yeah, or, no, I, well, I try to. Look, you can I mean, change I can't, young people more than politicians. I can't speak. I'm not a spokesperson for the industry as a whole. I can speak about me personally. I think it's very important for me as a fashion editor to come across as a woman that eats... I mean, I'm not talking necessarily about sustainable environmental fashion, but I'm talking about influencing younger girls, say. Um, it's very important to me to come across as somebody that eats her dinner, yeah. that uh, drinks wine, that gets tired, that can't fit in my pants, that... You know what I mean? Without, like, going too much into the duck legs, because I still, I still communicate... We communicate a, a glamorous image, but I think that me... And I think... Actually, the magazine does a, a, a human one. I don't think that we're... I think there's other magazines that are more are more alienating mm. um, and more dictating um, than we are. I think we try... Because, you know, Glenda, my boss, is also a human lady and eats a dinner and eats chocolate and drinks and goes to parties. And, and I think that because we are responsible for the tenor of the magazine, the two of us, I think that you do, I think, I mean, I, I haven't read it lately, uh, but, you know, I mean, of course I have, but not, not as a as a layman, but I think that that's very important in the character of what we produce. We try not to use models that are too thin. We try not, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, we, we like to use beautiful women, but we're not going to use tiny little girls. 
you know, and what I have clothes that will make women look like women and we'll pull together. We're not going to put a model in a swamp. We're not going to, you know, because there's other publications for models in swamps. Um, so I think with it, you know, we yeah, we try to. You do it well. Try, yeah. I you mean, it's it well. we're not curing cancer, but I think that what for what we do. And I do think for the magazine that you read on the couch when you're eating your chocolate, which is actually the best way to do it, I, I hope that we are. I mean, we're the lolly in the lolly shop. <laughs> All comes back to that. We laugh, time. but that mm-hmm. is so. When my six-year-old asked me if she has a big stomach, I mean, oh, what wow. the hell is going on? And it's not me. I hope to God, no, I, I do my best, of, but there's it's so everywhere. much stuff it on. It really is. Look, I mean, I Even have. Cartoons. I'm starting to feel so old now, but. I've got to tell you, these uh, these girls in the no clothes, like this is what is really doing my head in the music business. I won't get into names, but um, I find that crazy. I'm like, you have no clothes. You're not wearing mm. any, and you've got 25 million Instagram followers, or you, or and you're not supposed to be the arbiter of all things. And I, I think that obviously when you're going through things when you're young, uh, we all did things when we were young that you weren't in the spotlight, but. And that's just is, and that's just accepted. And I, I just, so I look at people like, like Lord, who's awesome and keeps mm. clothes on, and makes good music, and goes, and you know what I mean. That really, I think that that is the most, and social media is is I the totally most powerful agree. voice. And that's what I think everybody needs to be really aware of. I find, because I'm like, I'm down with kids. You know, I work with kids all the time, and. <laughs> Trust me, I've got like my friend Kieran is like fifteen. You know what I mean? And I, I know that, and I'm, I'm proud that I can She's like communicate. A yeah, but I was watching the MTV Awards, and I was really shocked. I thought, where's the mystery? So I think that if that's becoming the standard, and it's the same old shit as well, nothing's changed. You know, it's like the same sort of basic provocations that have just sort of existed and kind of got yeah. worse. So that's. That's what I'm where, and I'm also wary of giving people a story or attention just because they're in the press because it's going to sell magazines. Like, you know, Trump's come up here, and I'm like, no, that's not responsible. So, just because we can get in the in the post, get page six or three or one, which is always the ideal with Sharon Stone with no clothes on, but you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. So, I'm oftentimes trying to steer the ship here a little bit into as soon as there's a knee joke oh that'll get pick up that'll get attention and that but that's not the right attention that's not the right thing to do so i try i love you i try you can date me sometimes, I sometimes it's like the bus in, with the young it's like ones. the bus in it's like the bus mm. in speed and i'm like keanu and sandra <laughs> trying to like right in before because you know the press instinct the bait yeah, the of basic course. instinct sharon pun intended is just to give get attention for what you do but I'd rather sometimes get less attention and do something that is more there's this clever and brilliant that doesn't isn't base. I'm in my forties, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> These kids. That's a good actually way to get it to the, the thesis. Exactly. You set us up for the I have thesis. a thesis? Jesus. I haven't been in college well for years. Done. The thesis as she twirls her pipe cleaner mustache. I don't even think we have to ask this because this interview no. really <laughs> demonstrates. I mean, the woman is putting a Am pipe, Dolly? blue pipe cleaner on I'm her Dolly. mustache. Mm-hmm. I'm like punk Dolly. She yes, looks Karen. pretty cool like Thanks. that, though. We need an Instagram now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do that. 
Anyway, we Jesus, ask you. I don't need to ask this. I mean, it's kind of moot. I love that. I love moot. the word moot. I love the word moot. I love it when things are moot. It's so great. This oh, is moot. And it Laura, means you can just Laura ditch Brown. It Laura yes. Brown. Moot, but not a mute. <laughs> the thesis, the moot thesis, <laughs> which you totally disprove. Yeah. Mute. No, what was it? Moot, but not mute. Never. Not the only children. Mute, but not selfish mute. only children. I'm hitting brand of toss now. Stand out. This is something Swedes don't like to do. Oh. A lot of women actually don't feel comfortable promoting themselves and standing out. Oh. Yes. How do I have you stand out? Yeah, give me well, I have thoughts on this. You know this why? It's very important. Because it culturally, for me, it's... I think I was always a loud one in school and everything, but I wasn't particularly showy at all. And I, I don't think I'm... I think I have a presence now, but I don't think I go into a room and eat the oxygen. I, I'm very conscious of not to do that. But it was being in the States that taught me this. Um, because I remember I would be... Because Australians typically are self-deprecating. You know, mm-hmm. oh, thanks. Here... You have to own your shit. And I remember, like, I'd be walking down the street when I first came here, and people were like, hey, great shoes. Or they're so communicative, everyone. And even if there were people who were, like, a dickhead, they'd still talk to you. And I really appreciated that. And it took me a while to be like, oh, actually, I did that so I can say I did that. Or I want that, and I can say I want that. Um, and now I say it all the time to people who don't want to do it. And I say, I'm sort of kidding, but I'm not kidding. I go, this is America. Even to Americans. This is America. This is founded on shit. saying, own your shit. Like, this is founded on, on saying what you want to get what you want. And that's my favorite thing about the U.S. I think it's brilliant. And even if it's hubris and it breeds hubris-soaked people. Um, but I would prefer that than the other way around. But it did take me a minute um, to do that. And uh, I'm really grateful for it. I think you can ask for what you want, own what you've done without being a douchebag. Ending with douchebag. Ending with douchebag. This the is douche stand out. The coolest oh. Laura Brown. The coolest Laura Brown I've ever met. The other Laura Brown. There's a lot of them. <laughs> this this, this one. one. The other one sucks. Sucks. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good night. Turn the recorder. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is produced by Acast with Sandra Moline as supervising producer and Carl Rosander as executive producer.